In this special episode, I'm going to respond to a few questions that I get in almost every conference and workshop that I've been speaking at since the pandemic has begun. And so this is a different format, but hopefully we can answer lots of questions and get a lot of information out there uh, about what the status of education in the world is right now and how we can kind of seize the opportunity that the pandemic has provided us. So for the past year, we have been in probably the most unprecedented time in education history. Uh, we've had, you know, schools um, closing and and reevaluating learning on scales and, and, uh, and ways that we never could have ever dreamed up before. Uh, as, a, as a kind of self-proclaimed education revolutionary, there are so many things that we were trying to do that were falling on deaf ears. And then when the pandemic hit, they suddenly became great ideas that everyone needed to adapt very quickly to. Uh, so these are a few questions about how we can you know, learn from this experience, learn about the, what happened during the pandemic, and really improve schools moving forward. Uh, and so looking at, you know, how all these schools responded to the crisis is a great place for us to start. And so there's been really two different schools of thought in terms of how schools have responded to the pandemic. Uh, some people who really were dissatisfied with the way that schools were before the pandemic saw this as an opportunity to really challenge the status quo, uh, change our metrics, change our opportunities, and really rethink the practices and the routines that we kind of always do just by following what's always been done in schools. And a lot of those schools, while, you know, might have been a little bit tumultuous at first, really have hit the ground running now or found a really beautiful balance and synergy to this blended learning approach or the opportunities that digital teaching and learning provide their learners, their teachers, uh, and their communities at large. The other kind of group, the other reaction um, was what social psychologists called threat rigidity. Um, when, you know, people become, it's like that fight or flight response when they freeze in the challenge of, of, a, of a kind of an, of an impending trauma or a threat, else, an external one. So a lot of schools have also kind of fallen victim to that mentality as well, which is reasonable, right? That things were, the, the change happened so fast. Uh, it's so hard to take these giant bureaucratic systems with, you know, hundreds and thousands of students at times, and then just drastically shift that to a digital learning environment. Um, I live in Mexico where we had to adapt very quickly to digital teaching and learning where students don't have access to the internet. And so the TV stations really stepped up and provided an opportunity to deliver content directly for the television screen because percentage-wise, there's a lot more access to televisions than there is to Wi-Fi here in Mexico. Um, and so while some, you know, countries and school systems were able to adapt and transform. Others really froze and, and didn't want to make those changes and wanted to continue doing what has always been done because it's been easy. Um, but I see that, you know, in this time, there's a lot of great things that have come out of this digital learning space. And a lot of that really is these new ideas and new normals that we've seen in the education space. So, you know, prior to the pandemic, a lot of the work that I was doing in terms of digital 
teaching, uh, flipped classrooms, uh, differentiation, constructive teaching, project-based learning, all of these things were really foreign concepts that were, that nobody, you know, they would listen to, they would come to a workshop, they would hear about it at a conference, and then say that would be nice to, to do and implement, but I don't have the time or I don't have the bandwidth, so I'm just going to let that kind of go away. But what the pandemic actually forced us into was, was getting a lot of teachers to, to, to see the necessity, the direct need, the quick need to make these changes and, and you know, be a great digital teacher or use flipped classroom or try project-based learning for the first time in their classes. And so it's really been a fantastic switch for so many educators to see what's possible and realize, you know, where where the gaps in their four-wall classroom approach lies and what some of the opportunities are in a more digital way of running classes or a more flipped way of running classes or changing the notion of homework to just general learning. I, For me, a lot of the, the changes I like to say are the shift from education to learning. And it's a shift that I'd like to continue seeing as we move forward um, post-pandemic is that we're focused more, in, more on individual learning for students than we are about educating masses and standardized learning for all students. And so during these digital times, we had more opportunities to work one-on-one -on -one with our students or get to ask them specific questions to check on whether they were understanding and progressing through materials um, because it was needed in the online space. We're in the four-wall classroom with a lot of students. Sometimes we lose that personalization. Um, so I think a lot of teachers really learned a new skill set. They learned how to record videos. They learned how to uh, conduct themselves in digital classroom. They might now be thinking about ways that they could be using video outside of a regular class or how they can uh, do front loading or flipped classroom approach by giving kids to watch a video at night at home as opposed to reading chapters or trying to, you know, prepare students in other ways. So it really opens up opportunities that when we're with our kids, we can use discussions, we can uh, really do the things that are needed for us to gauge who is involved and who is, is progressing through material or who is really lacking and, and falling off in the, as opposed to us just direct lecturing for 45 minutes or for an entire hour and never getting kind of that dipstick approach to know who's where and, and kind of checking where our kids are and, and how they're growing. Um, so I think those are some things that have, have, I'm really optimistic about for the future. You know, these great teachers, a lot of people adapted quickly. They gained new skills. They were able to lead and, and vulnerably lead, right, and say to their students that this is challenging, this is new, but we're going to make the most of this environment. And sometimes that vulnerability and the social-emotional learning that teachers employed uh, and modeled during the pandemic is one of the best things that we've seen. Um, so I, I love that aspect of of um, <clears throat> of how people were optimistic and adapted to changes and really grew new skill sets during the pandemic. Obviously, there's been uh, a, a challenge. It's been a challenging time for a lot of people as well. A lot of older teachers weren't as keen to develop the skill sets with technology, for example, or drastically change the way they taught to engage students in a digital way. And so we saw a lot of student, a lot of older teachers uh, and young teachers just hang up their boots and, and quit teaching or, or seek greener pastures in other in other sectors. Um, 
So that's been, you know, really sad to see, but, but understandable again, it's, it's a challenge that nobody was really ready for. And, you know, people were teachers more than most professions are used to kind of getting in their groove and they kind of rinse and repeat, uh, whether it's the same lesson four times a day or the same content year after year there, they know what they know and they don't want to change that. And so a lot of teachers struggled to now find new and engaging ways to deliver their material and to engage students with their material uh, even across the digital divide. So a lot of teachers were just hoping to go back to the way they could before. And sometimes, you know, that manifested in offering students, you know, digital versions of textbooks and digital versions of worksheets and lots of busy work. Um, and, and they really missed out on the opportunity that the pandemic provided, which was providing uh, emotional support. Uh, we, we said a lot in conferences, and I share a lot, this idea of Maslow over Bloom, that we need to make sure that our students are psychologically and physiologically okay before we're asking them to do higher level thinking and creative problem solving. And so during this time of the pandemic, we saw lots of teachers uh, pivot into being more supporters of their students and making sure their students were were understood and had a safe space to share uh, concerns and comments and what their life was like during the pandemic, as opposed to being just uh, content specialists and content delivery mechanisms. Um, a lot of people talk about learning loss, and this is you know a really big buzzword that now schools are trying to get back and they're trying to prepare for you know uh, to fill the gaps of what was lost during the pandemic. Uh, I really don't see that as a as a reality. I think uh, that's part of the problem with our model of standardized testing. And so if we're looking at the only metric of student success and student growth is on standardized tests, then yes, they probably lost out on some content this year that would have been direct or force-feeded into them in all of their, you know, 50-minute sessions a week in math and science and history and, and the other subject areas. Uh, but what hopefully we learned and we gained in this time of pandemic was an incredible digital skill set for everyone in our society, right? For the first time ever, we had seven-year-olds on Zoom meetings. We had 11-year-olds managing their own schedule. We had 60-year-old uh, teachers running video conferences and, uh, and providing audio or video feedback to learners. So for me, I don't think it was a time of learning loss. I think it was an incredible time of learning growth uh, for all ages and all academic levels. Um, so a lot of people saw increased collaboration in their digital lessons more than they'd see in the classroom. Students throw, uh, had Some students thrived in the space of anonymity, that they didn't have to worry about getting laughed at in a classroom or being bullied for what they were wearing uh, because everything was done through a Zoom screen or they didn't have to have their video on at all. Um, some people really, some kids really thrive because of the freedom and flexibility of having their own schedule and getting to plan their own schedule and getting to take breaks or exercise or do other things that are going to help them, you know, uh, grow and, and have, you know, positive days. 
So I think, you know, there are a lot of positives that came out of the pandemic that I hope we carry forward. Uh, and some of those things, you know, are bigger level changes, but how can we keep differentiating learning for each learner, even though we're going back to the school? Uh, how can we keep learning outside of the four walls and breaking down those four walls and bringing in knowledge experts, just like we might have done on this, in a Zoom classroom by bringing in a guest speaker? How do we continue to either bring them in on video chat via Zoom or actually bring them into our classrooms to physically uh, chat with our kids and interact with our students? Uh, how do we continue to use the flipped classroom approach? How do we get our older teachers to learn from younger teachers or be vulnerable in a space that everyone is learning together? Uh, so a lot of teachers had to kind of take off of that hat that I'm a knowledge expert and I'm, I know everything that there is to know and, you know, really be learning and out of their zone of, of comfort uh, with their students while they transition to digital teaching and learning. And so these are things that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of schools are now looking forward and saying, oh, well, this hybrid block schedule really worked for us, or this blended scheduling really works for our high school students to go out and get real world experience and do this work study program. Uh, so I think, you know, when we get back to schools, hopefully there's a lot of fresh energy in the education space that hadn't been there before. Uh, hopefully there's lots of new um, schools seeking out professional development in digital teaching and learning and project-based learning to get their students and their teachers more engaged with what's possible. Because if anything is, you know, secure is that this time without standardized testing requirements gave us all a breath of fresh air that we were able to reconfigure what our curriculum goals are, what is a need to know versus a, a must know, which is, which is a nice to know. Um, and I think we really kind of slowed down the pace of learning so that we can really make sure that it was done well. And too often in schools and in schools across the world that I consult with, our end goal is, is, is the standardized test that has so much content that we're, we're taking away from learning because we're trying to educate kids with lots of content. And the only thing that we measure as success in a school year is how much a kid has learned, not how much a kid has developed or grown in a lot of competencies, just in what new content can they regurgitate on the exam. So that's something I hope we, we can learn and adapt from uh, as we move forward. And I think it's something that we're all hoping schools continue to, to, to think about and uh, plan and account for as they move forward. The last thing that we want to happen is have this really dynamic and revolutionary time in the midst of pandemic education where all these teachers were making the switch to digital teaching and learning and then we go back to school and it's this breath of fresh air that oh now we could go back to what we've always done. And so hopefully as we transition back to the school building, we gain from these experiences and these sharing sessions with other educators about what did we do well, how, what worked in your classes, what made students that otherwise were unengaged engage, uh, how did we lose the previously engaged students, uh, and why were they disengaged during uh, the digital divide? How can we continue to use flipped classroom? How can we continue to use project-based learning to engage our students and create a community atmosphere of learning? Um, 
So how can we kind of use this model of change and these really disruptive and amazing things that have happened to move us forward? And so how do we how do we you know bring back this idea of things, little pieces that we learned in the digital space, and how do we make them part of our four-walled classroom or in-person approaches to teaching and learning? Um, how do we how do we learn from the end technology and not be reliant on ed technology, but use it to support and promote our best practices as teachers? So these were some of the questions and answers that I get often in my in my workshops and the conferences and, and the, the teacher trainings that I'm doing now um, and the schools that I design. And this is really what I'm hoping for as the outcome of, of the, the pandemic and post-pandemic teaching should be a lot more student-driven, should be a lot more about learning than education, should be a lot more about uh, project-based learning and flipped learning, and it should be a lot more about Maslow over Bloom, this social-emotional piece uh, to learning more important than content acquisition and regurgitation of dates and facts on a standardized test. So hopefully through this, this pandemic process, we've learned a lot uh, and we can continue moving the needle forward in terms of how we change and transition education for the future. We know that education needs to change. Hopefully we see the pandemic as an opportunity and not as just a threat or a waste of time as some are positing it, um, but as an opportunity to really rethink education, rethink what's possible and uh, create lasting change for, for the practices of teachers uh, and, and learning moving forward. Thanks for listening. Take care.